Hey there, impending doom pals. You get it? Because it's spooky. Welcome to our new episode of Ending Pending, or Never Ending Pending, because again, spooky. Uh, sorry again that this episode is late, and we're also sorry that since we were so spooky, some ghosts got into the audio files. Evan and Andy's track on this episode are super haunted uh so we apologize for not busting those ghosts before they could uh get those audio files all messed up but i think it's still pretty good listening lots of good uh spooky promises made by andy for our lunar light drive uh speaking of which make sure you donate to our uh, our spooky tried Lunar Light Drive. Uh, it's going to November 2nd. Donate at patreon.com slash lunarlighthq. But you'll hear more about that later. Just wanted to pop in here and uh, let you know that it's going to sound a little different, but we'll be back on track next week for our finale of Powerless. We'll see you on the other side of the theme song. In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing you maybe you're not trying hard enough welcome to ending pending i'm your host andy i'm a novelty game and i'm evan i'm a spooky scary skeleton and i'm oh, no. ronnie oh no ronnie's got a spooky skeleton inside him i've what got do we a do? spooky skeleton and a spooky muscular system oh Oh. And very spooky veins and arteries. I'm made out of meat. I'm a normal person, I think. We're all made out of meat. Oh, if you say so. That's how science works. I would know. I do a science podcast also. I see you shamelessly plugging your, yes. your other podcasts. I'm, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, so that I'm not going to say that. You with. But um, we we do we are a brand loyal to the Lunar Light Studio Network, which my other podcast is not on, so it's a secret. Uh, I think if you slide Ronnie and I each uh, a kiss, maybe you'd be allowed to say the name of your other podcast. But it has to be a spooky kiss. You could you could you could give me Ronnie's kiss. I'll hang on to it. More. What what am I getting out of the deal? Yay. I'll slide you a crisp dollar bill. Ooh, your kiss is worth more than that, Evan. <laughs> Treasure Well, I'll pay you for editing the the episodes of that the episodes. podcast sure, yeah. like check, I normally do. Check out my business that I'm also not sure if I'm allowed to mention. <laughs> and there's lots of stuff going on there. It, it's, I have a secret podcast that I don't make money on called The Unnaturalists, and Ronnie edits it, and I pay him. It's a whole secret subsystem we have. Capitalism. The scariest thing ever, because it's Halloween! Halloween! I promised everyone on the social medias that since our episode will be late, that this would be a very spooky episode. Ooh, I have a black cat on me right now. I'm just gonna use this voice the whole time. Literally every moment. Well, do we want to have a spooky bit? Do you guys want to tell maybe a Halloween story of of your? Have many Halloween stories? All my Halloween stories are sad. (laughs) Jesus, I have had a pretty traumatic Halloween uh, life. 
Oh, is it? Is it because you get scared of things or just because bad things have coincidentally happened? A little column A, a little column B. Uh, I think that I just disliked Halloween and the fall so much that everything uh, that was bad was just like compounded by the fact that I was super scared the whole time. But also oh. some bad things have gener- genuinely happened to me. So one oh, Halloween, no. I decided fuck all of it. And I just stayed inside the house and played Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage. And that was a great time. Kind of sad, but I had fun doing it. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Live your life. Walk your own path. Maybe uh-huh. trick-or-treating's not your favorite thing. That's fine. Yep, yep, yep. But but I'm excited to hear to live vicariously through all your not sad or traumatic Halloween stories. I was just going to say, why don't we say what we're dressing up as for, for Halloween this year? That way we don't have to get into any of Ronnie's sad <laughs> origin backstory. <laughs> I think you just want to plug your costume because it's very good, no, but that I is actually, acceptable. I actually wanted to hear Ronnie explain what his Halloween costume <laughs> was because I liked it very much. This is also very good. <laughs> yeah, so I went to a Halloween party on Saturday and uh, I had on some hip waders, uh, which are just like some big pants that make it so you can walk in the water. Uh, and then, you know, lots of other fisherman gear, a fisherman's vest, a fisherman's hat. Had a little uh, toy fishing pole, uh, children's toy fishing pole, and I had a big jar of bait uh, that was Tide Pods, because I was, and wait for it, a podcaster. Like a, Magical. Like you, like you cast a fishing good. pole. Everyone groaned. It was very charming. Like there are a lot of pun costumes that are really dumb and bad, mm-hmm. but that one was very that was very charming. I literally thought of it in the middle of the night, went upstairs to a toy chest, got the fishing pole, and then I came down and Kirsten woke up for work and I was sitting on the edge of the bed and I was like, "Are you awake enough to hear some of my bullshit?" And uh <laughs> and she was not, but I I leaned in anyway and and it was there was nothing that was slowing me down from that grind. So I, I, I just kept on charging through. Very, Very happy good. with it. Very proud of myself. I'm going to work tomorrow as Jareth the Goblin King, as portrayed by David Bowie in the movie Labyrinth, the, the seminal film Labyrinth by Jim Henson. And I have purchased my cat uh, a small red and white striped onesie for babies that I forced him to wear so that he can be the baby Toby from Labyrinth that David Bowie steals. That's very I cannot good. bring I cannot bring my cat to work, unfortunately, but I will take a good selfie with him. I I, I there's pictures of your cat on your Facebook already, and it looks like a little a little smee. <laughs> With, without you, he just looks like oh, Axel is smee for Halloween from like Peter Pan. <laughs> Oh, I gotta be Peter Pan next year. Alright, that's my work Halloween costume. You already right? have the Smee costume. Yeah. <laughs> you can just no, reuse no, it. That's, that's, recognizable. that's a recognizable enough costume that I can wear that to work and, and people will know what it is. And still very thoughty. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's very good. Andy, are you, are you, are you uh, getting all spooky dressing up for Halloween this year? So, every, every Halloween Starbucks corporate uh, sends out, like, a memo saying, we want all of you to dress up for Halloween. Here are the Halloween costume rules. 
and it's like you have you can't wear a mask you have to wear proper footwear you have to wear long pants it, like like the, the by the time you get to the bottom of the list of things you can or can't do it's like cool i can come to work in costume as a starbucks employee <laughs> so that's uh that's what i'm gonna be now i, I do get done work early enough that if we got trick-or-treaters i would throw on a costume to hand out candy but sadly we live on a mountain and there are no children that come trick-or-treating thus far here you get those I, you get those spooky children you get those I, mountain folk children well, how did you get here children right. you are unsettling children <laughs> Yeah, Where so parents. right, they they just they take candy from you and they they like unblinking say happy Halloween and then they glide back across the river. That's an episode of Cryptid Keeper. Is it? That's an ep- yeah, there's uh like dark ch- like I don't think they're called dark children. It's like black eyed children or something, Ugh. which is just like creepy children that seem to behave like they're older than they look and have dark eyes and very pale skin and just appear places. There's a cryptid for everything. Cryptids rule. Yeah. yeah. Cryptids are great. Anyway, we should talk about this show. Let's talk about this show, about. Evan. You want to recap v- it? Very spooky introduction. Maybe it'll be get, get even spookier as we go on. Ooh. Evan. 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 Yeah. Evan. Yeah. Recap the show, but do it spooky. For the for the for the for the pending pals. Alright. Oh, I'm so too spooky. What's this Joker voice you're doing? <laughs> you wanna, wanna know, know how I got these, these scars? Oh, we did it. We I genuinely was not doing a Joker voice, but now you've ruined my my spooky <laughs> evil man voice, and now I can't do it anymore because That's the Joker okay. sucks. This is the hard stance I've taken. Come at me. At me on Twitter. Fuck you. Um, so, we watched episodes 6 and 7 and 8 of Powerless. Uh, episode 7, uh, Emily wants her own office because she's like a, a high up and she, by rights, should have one. She's working in a cubicle. And she finds a like storage room and turns it into an office and Van is like, no! No, my ego depends upon you not having an office. Because of reasons, she challenges him to a novelty green arrow target practice game with, like, suction cup arrows that he has. And everyone on the staff is like, you have to lose, you have to lose. He's going to go ballistic and fire you if you beat him. And, like, it's going to be bad for everybody. Just, Just throw the game and lose and he'll be happy and it'll be fine. And she thinks about it. And she loses for a bit, and then she can't, like, take the humiliation, and she plays to her full potential. She still loses, but Van is so psyched about his victory that he gives her the office anyway. She confronts him about his ego problem, basically, and pisses him off. The B-plot is... Teddy falls off a roof, and this superhero called Green Fury saves him, and he, like, becomes infatuated and obsessed with her. And it's a little bit creepy, and he's, like, ignoring his actual girlfriend to try to get into life-threatening situations again so that she'll save him. Episode 8, Emily 
I forget exactly what happens, but she she saves Green Fury somehow. Green Fury's like, oh, hey, that was dope. Thanks for having my back. Here's this magic button, and if you need a favor, press it, and I'll, like, help you out. Uh, Emily abuses this button because she's in, like, a board meeting, and they're like, we need to film a cool commercial. This product is not cool. And Emily's like, aha, I'm going to earn corporate power points. And she summons Green Fury and is like, hey, be in our commercial. And Green Fury really doesn't want to. But she's like, no, no, it'll be fine. I'll write the whole thing myself. And it'll help with your image. And it'll be good. And Green Fury's like, okay. But then uh, when they get to set, somebody has, like, taken the whole, like, the marketing department or whatever has taken the whole project out of Emily's hands and made it very weird and sexual. And she's like, oh, God, I can't have this superhero who I talked into doing this like naked in this commercial. Emily's freaking out for a while. And then Green Fury mentions that her ex-boyfriend, uh, what's his name? Centurion or something? The Olympian. The Olympian. Yeah. The, the Greek hero themed superhero is like really self-obsessed and loves attention. And they're like, Oh dope. We just need a superhero. So we'll have him be naked in the commercial. And they convince him to be naked in the commercial instead of Green Fury. Uh, Teddy is still chasing after Green Fury in a weird, obsessive way. Episode 9 is called Emergency Punch-Up. And there's this corporate retreat scheduled to somewhere really nice. And uh, Emily's team is waiting on somebody who, like, it doesn't matter who it is. Her name's like Doris or something. And they're like, no, we can't leave the office until whoever she is is here. Uh, and then they're the last ones left in the office, and there's, uh, like, a gas bomb attack from Dr. Psycho, and they all get trapped in the office, and they try to, like, have a corporate retreat in the office, and, like, they, they put Hawaiian decorations everywhere, and they're all trapped in an office together, and then this, like, truth gas seeps in, and Emily starts yelling at everyone because she's fed up with them personal drama ensues because they're all trapped in this office together and there's truth gas seeping in from this Dr. Psycho. Yeah, Dr. Psycho attack. But it's all okay in the end. They save each other because they're true friends. And that's it. And that's it. That's seven, eight, and nine. Uh, so now I gotta ask it. You know I gotta ask it. Mm-hmm. Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ronnie. These three episodes of NBC's Powerless, did they work for you? Why do I always have to go first? We go over this because Evan talks a bunch for the recap. I, I know, go first. But, but, I talk a bunch and Ronnie asks the question, and so you, as the only one without a role to play, get asked first. Yeah, well, okay. Saying, saying that I don't have a role to play is a little hurtful. What I'm saying is that people miss your voice. What I'm saying... If we don't hear from you in too long, our clicks go down. What I'm saying, though, is that going first is a huge responsibility. It sets the tone (laughs) for the rest of the episode, what I say here, and if y'all like it, I don't want to be a downer. I just want to kind of blend in with you guys. And if if y'all... If y'all hated it, and I'm like, oh, it was great, then I look like a fucking chump. I appreciate you understanding that I can be influenced by pretty much anyone saying anything about any form of media. Uh, I can go first. I can go first. Yeah, I would whoa, hope that whoa, 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 Ronnie, you think you should go before me? Okay, okay. Looks like the little, little, little Halloween uh, twist around here. 
did that classic Halloween twist around. The Halloween oh, twist man. around. Oh, um, no, these episodes are fun. Yeah. Uh, it, like, I don't think any, either of them, or any of them, there were three, not, not two, but I don't think any of them, like, knocked my socks off, like, uh, episodes previously have. None of them were offensive in uh, any major way that stood out to me that would cause me to dislike them. But they were uh, kind of, you know, generic 22 minutes of, of laugh mups. Mm-hmm. They were fine. Hey, Evan. Yeah, Ronnie. These three episodes of NBC's Powerless, did they work for you? Okay. Uh, and I, in the broad strokes, pretty much agree with Andy. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough going first. You don't know where the crowd's going to land. Um, yeah, I I also think that they're perfectly enjoyable, if a little, um, I want to say dull. Dull is too strong a word. Sick. Yeah, a little fake, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was one thing that I particularly liked, but overall, uh, they were, yeah, they were just, they were just fine. They were fine. That's, that's my assessment of the situation. They were pretty fine. So yeah, I'd, I'd say they're working. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Uh, are these three episodes of Powerless working for you? They are, yeah. Uh, episode, one of the episodes kind of actually bummed me out a little bit. Um, so that's not great. But as we talked about, the other episodes were, were either good or just fine enough to like be like, all right, whatever. And there were some genuine lines that I enjoyed and laughed at, and it was a, a good old time. So I would say, yeah, these three worked for me. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into uh, what, you know, what what of these uh, three episodes worked for us? Green but Arrow first. Reference. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'm Munch Squad. Munch Squad. Yeah. <laughs> but first, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll hear from uh, some spooky friends, sponsors, on, some spooky sponsors on the Lunar Light Network, and then also maybe a message from some spooky pending pals. Hi, Ray and Marble. Hey, Marble. Hello. So, I've been watching this great anime that I wanted to talk to you about. What is Ooh. it called? It's called Yu-Gi-Oh! And we've already been talking about it on the Deck of Friendship podcast. Oh, you mean the podcast we do about game-based friendship animes? Yeah, where the first season we're covering Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 1 and we'll move on to sh- series like Bakugan and Digimon and Fighting Fudons and Dinosaur King and all sorts of other anime that focus on friendship as a core theme and are based on a physical game. It's a, wi- it's a wild concept for a podcast and th- we're doing it. Yeah, and we talk about those themes and how they pertain to these games and how you should use friendship and working together to overcome obstacles. Not only do we cover important aspects of the shows themselves like friendship, togetherness, socialism, and more, but we also get to the important questions. What happened to Grandpa? Is the heart of the cards cheating? What would your Millennium item be? So you want us to make our own Millennium items. Mine is the Millennium Estrogen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
you win. Legit answer. I would either want like a millennium piercing or a millennium tattoo. Ooh. Now this might inform you a lot about me as a person, but I'd like a millennium fork. <laughs> somehow, Ray, somehow I knew. I but knew. It- It doesn't do what you think it does, is the thing. Oh, so it's like a tuning fork. Yeah, I need to figure out the details and where the eye goes, because every Millennium item has an Mm -hmm, eye somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Is that a thing? I think so. Well, now I feel like I got the short end of the stick since I picked a Millennium copy of Scorpion King 2 Rise of the Warrior specifically on (laughs) Blu-ray. Hey, there's a bunch of uses for that one. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of power in that disc. Whoever watches it, their soul gets sucked into the video, and they have to live that movie. <laughs> this is getting this lofty. is getting wild. A little bit. So where where can this podcast be found? Deck of Friendship can be found on the Lunar Light Studio Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, or in the shadow realm, or in the shadow realm. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, spooky, hey, spooky pals! Hey, spooky pals today, not pending pals. Only spooky pals. Spooky pals, ghosts Uh, and ghouls and guys and gals and non-binary pals. There it is. There it is. Non-binary ghouls. Hey, non-binary ghouls out there, do you know what month it is? Spooky Pride, bitches! It's Spooky Pride Month, and that means Lunar Light needs you. You can need, come. Go oh, ahead. No, we need go. your tricks and your treats. Yes. And your Do, money. And your mostly money. money. Your money would be a t- real treat. Yes. Um, and I tricks you could probably just keep to yourself. But the, but the <laughs> money, the the money. A trick is when you donate to Patreon, and then the next <laughs> month you take it away. But don't don't trick don't us. Do that. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be bad. Just from uh, right now, going up until November 2nd, it's been running uh, for the past two weeks, uh, is our Lunar Light Spooky Pride Drive. By donating to our drive, you get access to all sorts of special treats. See, you give us treats, we give you treats. Uh, like bonus secret podcasts and a spooky song put together by members of the Lunar Light Studio Podcasts. I will mail each person who donates an individual tooth. That's not true. You keep making very these promises. If you donate to Spooky Pride, I will mail you a tooth. Uh, A real real human tooth. Citation needed. (laughs) (laughs) Asterisk, asterisk. Um, Terms and conditions. Tooth-related terms and conditions. Apparently, also, all it takes driving to get a across tooth. the country-related terms and conditions. <laughs> Apparently, all it takes to get an Andy tooth is a donation of five dollars or higher. Whoa! I didn't say it was going to be one of my teeth. Oh, okay. yeah, Andy Jesus! Did not say one of my teeth. I said a real human tooth. An Andy branded <laughs> tooth. A human tooth from somewhere. From my tooth collection. <laughs> Are you a tooth fairy? No, I'm just a ghoul. Oh. <laughs> You're the larger, less friendly bone fairy. I'm here for your bones, children. <laughs> I need them for spooky pride. Oh, this is the Gotta spookiest. Gotta mail them to, the, ven- to the, the donors. This is the spookiest ad break. Um, <laughs> this is a fucking train wreck. All that you need to do, if you take anything away from this, it's that <laughs> Annie's gonna send you teeth. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that all it takes to, to get our uh, special Spooky Pride uh, treats is a donation of $5 or higher. Uh, additionally, any existing donors who have been with us for six or more months will receive a Halloween-themed desktop background created by artists on the network featuring podcasters you know and love. Like us. I'm like an us. idiot. I'm so cute. I'm we're all it. pretty darn cute. Oh, yeah. We're, we're in Halloween costumes. I won't tell you which one, but if yeah. you've been listening closely, you can probably guess what mine is. Not, the hint wasn't in this episode. The hint no. is just something... The hint is just something that I thirst for. If you listen back to the past five episodes and listen to every 14th word, <laughs> you will know who probably each of us are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, uh, <laughs> about those teeth. About those teeth. Uh, consider donating for the teeth. Uh, your support is what allows us to continue making the content we do uh, to try and shed some lunar light on the world. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash lunarlighthq. That's patreon.com slash lunarlighthq. And make sure you tell them Ending Pending sent you. What worked? What worked about these three episodes? Green Arrow reference. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, Andy, you lead us off because I, I cut you off earlier. I, I, love, I love Green Arrow. Uh, he's in my top three DC superheroes. So, what are the other two? Dick Grayson. And oh, maybe Tim Drake or maybe Superboy, but maybe Superboy and Tim Drake together because they love each other and they're meant to be together. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Oliver Queen stan. So that was that was great. It looked like they even like, I mean, maybe not deep dive, but like the 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 target that they were shooting at had some. If not classic, then some very CW uh, Arrow characters. No, they were all uh, from uh, like the most recent run, which I okay. thought was kind of a bummer. I would have preferred some like classic Green Arrow covers up there, sure. like if it had been uh, Longbow Hunters or Quiver or uh, Green Arrow Year One. You know, some really like classic mm-hmm. Oliver Queen storylines. I think uh, maybe- I recognized. Deathstroke and White Canary. Nope, that was no? uh, that was China China Wei. Her real name is Chien Na Wei, but Green Arrow can't say her name right, so he calls her China White. Wow, hmm. that's kind of racist. Yeah, Oliver Queen's not exactly a great dude. Um, that Andy's was... favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, we stand. We stand. <laughs> He, he grows. That's the point, is he starts out bad and then grows and changes. But Deathstroke was on there. China Wet was on there. Count Vertigo was on there. Uh, good old Merlin was on there. Mm-hmm. Some some nice references. I'm not as up-to-date on my Green Arrow continuity, so I, did, I, I don't know if I recognized everyone, but I, you know, I, I caught the biggies. What I do like about that novelty uh, bow and arrow and target set is that it does, in fact, look exactly like sort of cheap bullshit that you can get for parties at Target. Yes. That is DC themed. Like, I don't think it's a real product that exists. It was kind of, like, too large in scale physically because they just needed it to, like, look good in the setting that they were, you know, like, be visible in this office. But, like, it absolutely looks like sort of a cheap sticker paper on some plastic like, round discs, you know. Mm -hmm. I love the idea, too, that, like, 
if superheroes are real, that of course toy manufacturers are like trying to like market that shit. And so it's like I had fun thinking up like other themed superhero toys. And I very much believe that there are no Batman ones out there. Batman doesn't let people make toys about it. What else worked? Um, I very much like that when they swapped out the sexy lady for the sexy dude in the commercial, everyone was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no one batted an eyelash to it. Yeah, they were just fine, like, oh, we're doing a sexy dude with a, like, crotch bulge now? In a spe- that's, yeah. Okay. And a flesh-colored speedo. This is exactly a one-to-one analogous situation to what we had planned on doing. And that's gender equality. <laughs> they, I mean, it's not because... It. They did it's it. not. It's not because initially they were gonna, like, they had a female superhero and they were like, let's make her naked. Um, but, yeah, I, I like this sudden 180 into a utopian universe where male nudity uh, is A-OK and is completely equivalent to female nudity in all ways. So, that was fun. I like that. There was a great line at the end of that episode where, you know, the whole thing is that Green Fury wants to get off the magazine covers because all they want to talk about is how the the Olympian broke up with her. Um... (laughs) And at the end, the Olympians on all the magazine covers after doing the commercial and he's on like a Cosmo magazine type thing. And it's like Olympian sex secrets. And Green Fury says, what's he going to tell him about how he couldn't get it up unless I wore his helmet and called him dark side. That was that was enjoyable. That was that was a fun little nod. Was the, the flash race in these episodes? As the opener, as the cold open. Oh, that was good. There was a cold open either in these episodes or the last ones. But either way, it worked for me. Where uh, it was the Flash Superman race every every year, once a year they have a race for charity in the in like the comics. And uh, Superboy and Kid Flash sometimes have their own little race for charity uh, too, which is adorable. But <clears throat> that's like a not horrific version of that same thing that happened in the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like a not horrific version of the thing in the boys. Um, and they were ending this one in Charm City, and uh, I forget every character's name, but the one character like dropped uh, their phone or something and bent down to pick it up and missed. Flash and Superman go by because they're, they're so quick. There's a point in episode nine which I enjoyed. I truly enjoyed episode nine. Um, where Ron is watching basically uh, To Make a Murderer, the Netflix series, but it's about a villain. So it's To Make a Psycho. I don't know. It was a whole thing. And Ron, it's like a true crime thing. And Ron's like, don't tell me what happens at the end. And this very old woman walks by and then spoils it for him. And he, as she walks away in his Ron Funches voice says, Dorothy, you bitch. And I... <laughs> belly laughed at it. I laughed so hard. There is a there's a, a no higher form of comedy to uh members of my family, specifically my mother, than like old people like getting theirs, like taking a little little harmless tumble or like, you know, uh getting, you know, the shit given to them and uh 
And so it took me back there of just a nonplussed old lady getting called a bitch. It was fun. In in that same episode, there's like an alarm that goes off and everyone's like, wait, what alarm is that? Is that like an alarm for a fire or is that an alarm for like uh, aliens attacking? And so they pull like a binder of all the different alarms that it could possibly be. And they're like, oh, "Oh, no, it's a nerve gas. (laughs) It was that was pretty fun. That's one of those things that would like totally happen and totally be just a like complete nuisance. There were all those different like like they're all those different like fire extinguishers too, right? Yeah. Yeah, those were funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, the best you know I love a good music. You know I love a good music in a show. And at the end of this episode, we got one of the seminal seminal classic songs of uh of the of the aughts. Uh and that is uh Since You've Been Gone. By, by love Kelly that song. Clarkson. Love that song so Such much. A good song. They, we remarked on this when it happened, but they clearly just wanted to have Vanessa Hudgens sing. Oh yes, yeah. because of High School Musical, it was right. very transparent. I didn't mind it because everything in the show is like so absurd and self-aware that, like, honestly, it was fine. But yeah, there was a karaoke thing right at the end where it was mm-hmm. just like, "Oh, it's time for Vanessa Hudgens to sing." What? <laughs> it was Excuse quite me. good. Like she does in High School Musical, that thing that you know about that you like. I mean, she's also got a pretty phenomenal singing career. If yeah. You could think about uh, Baby V. Baby, come back. Baby, come back to me. That song? Yeah. In my heart, I still believe we were meant to be together for whatever it takes. Nope. Sorry. Kelly Clarkson is unironically one of the greatest performers of my or any lifetime. And that's that's uh that was that was a nice thing to have in the show. <laughs> since you've been gone. Oh, so it's been done- for the first time. time. Oh, that is still moving on. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. Now I, I get, get what, what I want. I want. Since, Since you've been, you've been gone. gone. We got some weird audio in this episode. What is happening? This episode is very upsetting. You didn't join into that. Yeah, where I, were you? I do not sing good. You left me hanging. Also, I'm like, the good book says make a joyful noise, not an on-key noise. And now we're back to religion. <laughs> Religion time with Andy. Time for religion. Andy's <laughs> Oh, that would have been a great little thing to add in there. Yeah, make a spooky noise, not an on-key noise. That's what the, the Satan book says. That's what the dark book. Bible in hell? Yeah. Like Hell's Bible. Yeah. Where it's got, what was it, like a third Corinthians or some yeah, shit? Yeah. Anyway. Ready for this? Ready for this, though? I just I just thought of this. I can scream for the first time. See now, yeah, it's spooky. It's now very it's spooky. spooky. It I made it spooky. Wrong. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a perfect time to uh, head on over to what didn't work <laughs> about this show, about uh, these I, three episodes. I do have one thing specifically, and it's that they're really phoning it in on the design of these like made-for-TV superheroes. Yup. Yeah. I'm very disappointed by how bad. The super, like, 
it's grab a it's, cosplayer. They do a better job yeah, with, with these superhero costumes. It, oh, this is I, I was trying to come up with a way to describe it. It's like the knockoff toys that you buy that are like insect man or whatever and he's like very badly painted and has like a flame on his chest that's what these superheroes remind me of like green fury she just had like a green like zentai suit with some like flame patterned fabric on the shoulders and a very bad wig um i didn't think her wig was that bad but like the just the costume was very under designed. It felt very boring, and that's been true of like a lot of the generic superheroes. That they, they don't. That's what takes me out of it more than anything else, to be honest. Because even the the bad superhero costumes are iconic. The ones that we're used to seeing, you know, the the ones designed by comic book artists. At least they're interesting and dynamic, and somebody thought about them. This was just like, oh, what can we, you know, so real quick in like 24 hours? Uh, green suit, green flames, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're not good. I do appreciate, not that I want to go back to positives, but like, I didn't do a deep dive on um, Crimson Fox, but. Oh. Uh, according to uh, superfriends.fandom uh, Green Fury is an actual character from DC Comics well, she has a uh, bad costume yeah I'm looking at the picture right now the costume's not much better in the comics but then it, it's comics so what do you, what do you want um, <laughs> I gotta look this up now because I may have to um, eat my words she's uh, the leader of the Global Guardians Oh no, her costume is much better in the comics. It's like it's it's weird. It's delightfully weird. Okay. The one the one in the show is just boring. That's what I mean. Like comic book costume designs, even when they are not good per se, like when they're not good from a design standpoint, they're just delightfully bizarre. And this was not even that. It was just like boring. It was clearly done for like the sake of efficiency. Fair enough. For me, I got kind of I was talking about how one of the episodes was was no good for me. Episode seven, the whole, uh, you know, shooting arrow game episode. It kind of bummed me out that the message of the episode is that we should coddle the ego of mediocre rich white men so they don't abuse the people around them. I feel like it kind of went back and forth on if that was the. It was not a, a clearly moralistic episode it it, it's just like the fact that like all these people who have been like yeah forget van van's jerk da 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 and that everyone turns and is like no you have to just like do it because like we need we need van to be nice to us and not be an ass so like let him win let him have this silly thing but it was still just like i just like i feel like there's a better way to go about this because it kept like if that was just like the first instinct and then it like twisted a little bit, that'd be fine. It just felt a little like it made Van less likable in that episode to me. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Van is supposed okay. to be a likable character, but it just like, I don't know. It made me it made me kind of like cringe a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, the only thing I would say in defense of that is that it's real fucking relatable. No, a hundred percent. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Oh yeah. All of us have been there at our jobs where we're like, boy, this, this call that some person who gets paid more than me is making is a very bad call. And, um, I, I could correct this situation, but fuck me, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. No, no, Danny, I, I, I hear you. Danny Pudi creeping on Green Fury too. Uh, I, I didn't yeah, mean that. It yeah, was, that was it was idea. a strange kind of thing. Cre- like, because th- and there's a way like if Danny Pudi's just like, oh, I want her to save me again, and like it stops there, or like it doesn't go like extra creepy to like when Vanessa Hudgens and uh, Green Fury have like a you know. A, f- a cover of like whatever the New York Post is of Charm City of like, ooh, are they dating now? And Danny Pudi's like, you knew I liked her. And it's like, that's like so off on all the different levels. Yeah, that's weird. I, 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 I like, we've talked about it before. I like that like a non-typical, you know, uh, character is playing kind of the douchebag of the group. But they're going hard with it in these past couple episodes uh, of him just being like a real dick. And it's like Van's the dick. Like we have our villain of the show. We don't, we don't need another one. Um, I don't know. And then I don't like shows where the like lesson or the moral is like, your coworkers are your family, and your job yeah. is your home, and because that's that's some fucking like post-apocalyptic yeah. shit. And that's late-stage uh, capitalism. capitalism. Yeah, like I, I've worked a few jobs where they're like, here at corporate, we're your family, and it's like really because I feel like you'd pay me more. <laughs> if we were family and I'd be able to have like sick days mm-hmm. or vacation so yeah when when like media reinforces that sort of weirdness that's gross I, I, I feel like media and like good media should be like tearing that down and putting up flaws in it not being right. like yep we're all best friends at work. Like, I mean, except no. that the, the people who are writing this media are people in writer's room who literally have to live at the studio and they're the only people they see are the other writers. And so not that they agree with the fact that we're all family, but they don't even also have much of a choice to Evan's point. It's all real relatable. It's just, there's no, there's no audience surrogate being like, Hey, Hey, this is bad, huh? Um, Wendy remains very, very poorly written. Yeah, do not yeah, like. Agree. Still bad. Still no good. Still completely one note. We've gotten so much more out of Ron. So much more out of Teddy. So much more even out of Van. And uh, Wendy just stays totally one note. Super creepy. Inappropriate. Uh, if she was a, a male character, it would be like incendiary. Um, and it, I, it's not. It's still not good. Because she's a woman character. It's 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 all bad, all weird, no good. 
in general, as a, a very, very broad strokes complaint, I wish that there was a little bit more about this show that was, like, heartwarming. I feel like that's something that I really value in comedies. Like, I'm thinking specifically of, like, Bob's Burgers and Shit's Creek and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you really connect with the characters on a personal level and you, you know, you like feel their struggles. And I mean, to be fair, uh, these episodes are shorter than mm-hmm. episodes of those shows. And it, this show ran for a shorter period of time. But yeah, I just don't feel connected to the people in this universe. Well, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a great parallel because the other shows you mentioned between Bob's Burgers and Schitt's Creek, like those are families and they're dysfunctional families, but those are like family dynamics. Whereas like with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's like that's still a workplace. That's still a workplace comedy. But you get these dynamics that are not just like, oh, we're a family because we worked. It's like, no, we're like, you know, close because of what we've been through outside of this office. I think that's one of the biggest flaws is that they paid for this office space that they're they're playing in and they literally never get to leave um because in this episode of nerve gas being like it was just like a very much like we're locked in here we can't leave and it's like i'm starting to see like the budget all went to making green fury shoot fireballs and these people's desks and not much else yeah they got this one set yeah, yeah, and I, I think that it would be a lot better. I think it would have been a lot better if they went on the retreat and they like got to know each other and and in, in, in a different way. But they, it's just it's just workplace. The dynamics don't go any further than that. And I and and to Andy's point, I don't know that they necessarily should, but that's what gives you that you know togetherness in Brooklyn Nine Nine is you know you see them hanging out outside you see them you know developing relationships and things like that and it's it's appropriate based on like levels of power you know yeah and like they don't and and i mean there is a structure of like rank in the police but uh sergeant terry and captain holt like don't cross boundaries with their positions right. of leadership ever right uh, Jake might cross some lines as a subordinate, but, uh, you know, that's, that's different. Right. Um, whereas, yeah, whereas on this show, like, Vanessa Hudgens is always trying to be best friends with people, and it's like, no, like, you're their boss, and Van is doing whatever the fuck, and, uh, you know, it, it, it feels weirder here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And to Evan's point, too, about like heartwarming, I don't really know who we're supposed to cheer for because Vanessa Hudgens is kind of an authority figure and she's kind of supposed to be like a boss bitch, but also like is trying to be friends with everyone. Right. And she doesn't quite feel like a POV character. And I thought kind of for a minute it was going to be Danny Pudi and uh, is it Ron Funches? Yep. And, um, they're both kind of silly and sometimes dicks and especially Danny Pudi has become pretty unlikable in this past few episodes. And it's definitely not, uh, Van's secretary or the other girl because they're both like varying degrees of like out there. 
Yeah. Like the one is just a pessimist and kind of dumb with everything. So she's not exactly a POV character. And the other one is literally an alien from another planet. It is super interesting to me now that I'm thinking about this. The only character that I have felt is like mildly relatable so far has been Green Fury. Yeah, and like, she just showed like, up in like two episodes. Right. Yeah. Like her like issues with like her ex and her being like, oh, I'm not super comfortable with this. But like, if you want me to do it, I guess I'll help you because like, I guess we're friends now. But I but even I'm like this relationship is kind of strange. I don't, I'm not a part of this. And like her, like knowing Teddy because she saved him once. I mean, like, oh, hey, you know, good to see you again. Kind of and just like it, it is. I, I, and I am positive that this is not what the writers intended. But the fact that. The normal people on the show are completely outrageous and unrelatable, but the superheroes are the ones where you can be like, oh, yeah, I, I know that person. I definitely know a uh, uh, Olympian. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, for sure. just saying, I, I, I've met that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the actress playing Green Fury, she's also a very good actress. I've seen her in other things. I could not tell you her name or what I know her from, but... I know her from stuff. I'm looking it up because I was going to look it up and then I got distracted and I need to know. Her name is Natalie Morales. She is. uh, Oh, she's in Parks and Rec. She is um, Tom Haverford's girlfriend for a little bit. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Also in Girls. Also in uh, Battle of the Sexes. Abby's was a a, that's a show we actually might do at some point. Uh, It was a one series, one season show that came out in 2019. Um. Yeah, she's 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 been she's, she's been great. Yeah, the grinder, Parks and Rec, girls, trophy wife. She's she's she was she did a great job. I, I mean, and that could be a credit to just the actress, like coming on set and being like, "What do you want me to do? I'm just going to be normal. Is that cool with y'all?" And it was cool with me. I was happy with it. I, again, the the things that are good stay good. The things that are clunky, those do not appear to be getting better. Um. But at this point, I think the show is what it is. It knows what it is. And I've got a good amount of respect for that. Yeah, I, again, in spite of my complaints in the broad strokes, the worst thing I can say about it is that it's a little boring, but it's still, like, kind of fun. Uh, again, I, I, I've said this before, but I judge a show pretty substantially by whether or not I'm dreading having to watch the next episodes. And at no point have I dreaded having to watch this show. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to watch some more Powerless. Cool. That being said, uh, as to, like, why it was canceled, I don't know that, oh, okay, is a good enough uh, endorsement for a show to run on for multiple sure. seasons. But, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's fine. I think it's just fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It it makes me chuckle. Sometimes I laugh. So far, it's it's okay. It's uh, I think it's a shame because I think DC needs more media like this. That for sure. If they, I feel like if they had really invested uh, some more money in this and maybe some bigger names than. Green Fury, that it could have been a show with staying power. Mm-hmm. I don't think they needed their A-listers in it. I get 
that you know they're they're kind of careful with those, but like you know, there's some C-listers out there who I would have been as a big DC nerd excited to see. I did not know Green Fury existed before this, and uh, I read DC yeah. comics all through like high school and college. So yeah, uh, but we'll see. Maybe the last three episodes will really knock our socks off, and we'll be uh, petitioning DC for the Snyder cut of Powerless. Uh, I'd, I'd say for- it's still worth watching, if only for Alan Tudyk's performance. He he's doing oh, yeah. something weird and special with Ben. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk's good. I feel like this was very low stakes. Yeah. Yeah. He know that he, he he's gonna be pulling in that Moana money till he fucking dies. So he can just do whatever he wants on powerless. He's fine. He's got uh the chicken in Moana for the the next I'm sure two movies that are gonna come out on that trilogy. <laughs> you think he makes good money off the Moana chicken? Oh, oh, without a doubt he makes good money off the mm. Moana chicken. Mm. Interesting. Carried the film. I mean, you know, I do not disagree. Um, so yeah, so next week we will uh we will watch the final three episodes of Powerless. Um, and then we will be back with another show after that. Not ready to spoil it for you yet, but I know what we're doing, and it's very on theme. Yo, oh boy, oh boy. Um, so. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, you can, you should follow, we should, we should call out our individual Twitters so we can see our Halloween costumes. Uh, I am at Ron of the Mill, where you can find my podcaster costume. I'm at One Hat Town. Evan's Twitter is at Thaumaturge Koss. Thaumaturge, spelled how you spell Thaumaturge, and Koss, C-O-S. And uh, you could follow also ending pending on Twitter. You could follow us at pending pod. Follow us on Facebook at pending pod. Follow us on Instagram at ending pending. Send us an email pending pod at gmail.com. Do not forget to donate to the spooky pride drive. You will get those extra benefits by November 2nd. I forgot to mention that on November 2nd, I will be doing my cooking stream. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to run from 11 a.m. to uh, about 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Who knows? It might take longer. Usually when I cook on camera, it always does. Uh, so stop on by. We'll have lots of friends from the Lunar Light Network popping in to uh, to say hi and talk to me to remind me that I'm supposed to talk while I cook. Um, it should be an excellent time. going to make all my favorite Thanksgiving staples. Uh, so check that out, but you gotta be a donor. You gotta be a $5 donor to get access to the live streams and uh, to and get I, access to teeths and to get access to teeth, which is it, it, ostensibly you need teeth to enjoy food. I think that these teeth will make you enjoy food. Maybe a little less because it sounds, sounds a little gross. Sounds, or a sounds, lot more or a lot more. Who knows? The more teeth, the more grinding and gnashing you can do i guess <laughs> when i tell you your your bespoke tooth you just gotta jam it into your mouth so that way you get extra crunching power oh gosh i'm not enjoying it uh donate to, to lunar light drive that's patreon.com slash lunar light hq check out lunarlightstudio.com for other podcasts like fish in the percolator like mock footage like uh, Netflix and Kill, all great shows that you can access at lunarlightstudio.com 
and just, you know, tell them Ending Fending sent you. Ever just tell wherever you go. And people are like, oh, where'd you find that? Just be like, oh, Ending Fending told us about you. Just get the word out there that way. A little guerrilla marketing. Where'd you get that cool tooth? Oh, Ending Pending sent it to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's my podcast tooth. (laughs) Whenever you listen to podcasts, put it under your pillow. Oh, no. And you... (laughs) You gotta, you gotta know where we're getting these teeth. We are stealing them, and uh, whatever you do, you know where we're stealing them from. We're stealing them from Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell him about your podcast but, teeth. I don't, I don't know if they're his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Some bespoke teeth, artisan um, teeth, artisanal, artisanally crafted. By years of, of dentistry. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. 